So, live. Live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast, and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul, and we are joined this evening by the lovely Grant. Um, we were meant to have... <laughs> uh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. Another get a member, uh, lovely Charlotte, but unfortunately she's a bit under the weather. So hopefully you get well soon, Charlotte, and we'll we'll be sending people a p- as compensation pictures of your feet here and there. Yes. So don't worry. So that's, that's, that's what happens. That's your penance for, for missing the episode. <laughs> <laughs> don't you, know, you can have my feet instead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Goodwill. You gotta hold it yourself for that. <laughs> Donna, quick, 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 take a picture, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> Screenshot it. <laughs> yes. Um, before we start, we might as well get this out of the way because some some twat's birthday. Um, I don't even should celebrate Ginger's birthday as it should be banned. Um, <laughs> but happy birthday, Goodwill. You look good for 49. You're doing well there, sir. Oh. Happy birthday, Goodwill. We do love you. Don't listen to what he's got to say. It's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> right, well done, oh. I'm the fastest sperm, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's not going to be like Home Alone. It's not no. going to be like Home Alone. <laughs> the sticky bandits are back. <laughs> so... Before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to have to ask you the question. It's got to, it's got to be done. I am going to be persistent with this. So, how are you doing? How's your week been? What have you been watching? <laughs> I'll let Grant I am not, take I am nothing, if not consistent. <laughs> let Grant take uh, the charge. <laughs> with the exception of the new episode of Criminal Minds, um, I've pretty much just been like binge watching documentaries and stuff i've watched a lot of world war ii stuff i've watched a lot of the netflix explained documentaries and history 101 um mm-hmm. i've definitely been on more of a, a knowledge kick than an entertainment kick i think mm-hmm. um so i've just been kind of going through god there was loads of them um i went through a load of ancient greece ones it's like pretty much non-stop i've just had documentary on in the background Learning shit. Oh, what well, the knowledgeable grant. <laughs> 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 I love, no, I, I, I do like going to like that stuff. There's some quite interesting shows on the History Channel and Discovery, every you know, every sort in there. Uh, we laughed last night. We got on, turned the t- TV, and the first thing it starts saying is, uh, yes, yeah, so Hitler had a, a secret army. I was like, Nick's good. This is Christmas. We don't have to talk about Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Not today, Hitler. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's not go all Kanye West, guys. That's all no. that's really <laughs> Certainly, um, I, I'm still obsessed with the, the worst show I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the The Traitors. It's like proper cringe, bad TV. Like it's it's like one of the. It's it's not as bad as Love Island or anything shit like that. But it's basically like imagine being uh, twelve or four, I think it started with fourteen people. Three people get chosen to be traitors. Like like, but they're just. Not celebrities, but wannabe people. Like, say, if like someone says, "I want to be a presenter," someone was like an extra on a TV show and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, say, it's it's to win a hundred and twenty thousand. But if you can find all the traitors out, and at the end you, you share the money, but each night uh, you've got to vote someone out, but you don't know who's a traitor and who's a who's a who's not a traitor, and if you don't get the traitor at the end of the night, they get to murder someone, so they get to send home. 
but it's like they're going on like complete arseholes, like they're crying and stuff, like they've been best friends for years, but they've only been in the house with each other for seven years. It's so awfully bad. And like, say there's this Welsh lass that on it who's the traitor, and she's just like a like late forties, but uh, she's so conniving and stuff like that. It's it's so entertaining to watch, but I, I wish I didn't like it because it's fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, I totally, I totally understand that. In the summer, I unfortunately watched Love Island. I'll mm-hmm. never ever do it again. I did it because my best friend said, "I'll watch Downton if you watch a, a series of Love Island." And I stupidly agreed and I never kept my end of the bargain until this year. And mm. not only did I get addicted to it, he got addicted to it. <laughs> Every night at nine o'clock, we would sit down and watch Love Island. I'll, honestly, 10 weeks of my life gone. <laughs> so I will not be doing that again. So I totally understand it. But uh, I, the, oh, oh, sorry, the only other no. thing I've been obsessed with and... I, did, I, I watch it every season that comes out, and it's just started again. So I'm over the moon. Again, it's it's an Amer- it's an American show this time, but it's kind of like reality cross between real. But it's on the Discovery Channel. It's called Moonshiners. It's where these oh. yokels in in backward con- things in America like are brewing their own like liquor and stuff like that, and like it sounds amazing what they do. But they're doing it in like the woods where it's illegal and stuff. But they've got a massive fucking film crew filming around, and they're hiding. They're saying, "See, this, is the police coming?" And you've got like a film crew filming following you around. It's like, "Fuck off, man! Oh, anyone's falling for this shit." But um, it, it is entertaining. But it, it, it's like one of those reality documentary things where it's actual people doing it, but it's like on a facade of a reality show. So it's it's just like say these people in it though they're just wow. backward and <laughs> it's hilarious so yes. <laughs> I've <laughs> never ever heard of that Moon, it's on Discovery Channel but there's about 8 or 7 uh, 78 seasons of it but uh, it's like it's basically everyone just wears dungarees and raccoon penises on the hats <laughs> you've watched some random shit man <laughs> I was disapproving so that said they were collecting dicks I might watch that <laughs> Just a belt full of dicks. No, no. (laughs) Apparently, it's an old-fashioned trait where, uh, you know, when the moonshine comes out, like after it's been filtered and everything, it starts coming out, you've got to put a raccoon's penis in there to help the the floor. Look it up. It's it's genuine. It's a genuine... I totally believe you. I totally, totally believe you. I'm not having that on my Google search. I'll find it for you. I'll I'll send you some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I watched that probably is now my most favourite Christmas film. I absolutely adore it. Me and Anth watched Krampus on Wednesday. Mm. And I had such a fucking ride through that film. It was so much fun. Mm. I've never laughed so much at Angry Gingerbread. (laughs) Um, The dolls at the end, the presents that opened up, I Mm. could not stop laughing. Like, I was doubled over in pain laughing at them. I honestly thought it was the funnest thing I'd seen in a long time. I really enjoyed it. So no. that was my, it's now my new favourite Christmas film. No, I absolutely love uh, the Krampus one. We watched it uh, the other week as well. Um, I know Dave Dent, he's a member in the group. He goes to all the cons in America. Mm-hmm. He's actually got um, the life-size models. They got Spooky Fest or, or Spooky Empire or something like that. Oh! Yeah, um, he got the actual life size things, and he's, he posted pictures of them the other day. I was like, "Dude, I hate you." 
they look I've ne- honestly I've never ever been interested in it at all and I don't know why I just I didn't expect it to be funny the minute mm-hmm. I saw like um oh what's his name from Parks and Rec and I was like I don't see him as a horror actor. Tony mm-hmm. Collette, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then um, Packer from The Office, if you're any Office fans out there, the guy from Anchorman um, mm-hmm. who plays the sports guy, then yeah. he's on it and I'm like, oh, okay. This is not <laughs> what I was expecting at all. <laughs> and it was just it was just so much fun. I really enjoyed it. It was a very nice midweek pick-me-up. It is very much just a horror version of National Lapoon's Christmas Vacation. I have never <laughs> seen that film. Oh, fucking hell. And, and another another film to add to the list there. Yep, I have never seen National Lapoon's Christmas Vacation. I don't like Chevy Chase. I don't. Oh, I've never either. been a fan of them. Not even like after like people had like you became problematic and everything. I just was not a fan. Even in like The Three Amigos, he was not my favourite amigo. It doesn't have to be your favourite. Steve Martin always stands out wherever he does. But again, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, let's do this week's podcast. So I'll do the disclaimer and then we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. So everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. Uh, what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom, so let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. I heard it there. I heard <laughs> the poshness getting more and more as I went on. I kind of liked it, though. Sorry. Next, next week, Sam's going to be doing it in an Irish accent. <laughs> Which apparently is my accent, according to someone at work. Sam, you should do it with a whip in your hand. <laughs> trying to see if I've got one in around us. Keep it friendly. <laughs> Keep it kind. <laughs> Sam's new nickname is Miss, Miss Whiplash for Christmas, but yes. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> So then, so so before we move on to Fet Life, but uh, <laughs> but yes, this week's episode we are talking about uh, the Christmas Halloween matchup that is a nightmare before Christmas. Um, I know, well, it's a weird one because this one has kind of exploded. I would say over the last fifteen, twenty years. Twenty years. It's it's not mm-hmm. just a movie; it's a fucking lifestyle. That's mm-hmm. the only, I was trying to think today, like, it's not a movie of a generation. It's mm-hmm. an absolute lifestyle. Like, people build their whole aesthetic around this movie. Mm-hmm. That was the best way I could, I, honestly, I've thought all day about how to describe this film, and that was the only thing I could come up with. Um, probably, like say in a previous episode, we did. It should have been the num- one of the number one picks that we picked, called Classic. It is, in mm-hmm. essence... One of the biggest cult classics that that has, and maybe come for a long time for how it started out. Yeah. Um. Because I remember the advertising campaign confusing Gosh. us a lot when I was a kid, because like you saw the posters and everything, and um, as as we found out, because I, I I forgot all about this, but watching uh, like say the, the movies that make us today, mm-hmm. that it was it was made by Disney, but. Disney didn't know how to uh, like market it or, or produce it, so they the, the moved it on to the company Touchstone because I thought it was too adult for kids, which in a way it is. Uh, yeah. But um, like I said, that, that's my first memory because I always thought it was a lot older than it is, but it was 1994, I believe. 
Yeah. And that's without me checking. 94, 95, I think. Oh, hang on. I've got Wikipedia up. It was 93. Oh, 93. Just about to say, I'm sure on uh, me thing over there, it's got 93. Um, yeah, 93. 94 was the year I went to comp. Yeah, Korean right. died. No, because I always remember, like, it's one of them films that you think, I think with its style and stop motion, because since that, and we've had a few, but none... Like not as many, but like it, stop motion was quite big in the eighties. Like say with the likes of Clash of the Titans and Sinbad mm. and similar type of effects. But this, like when they made the full movie, the same way, I I was intrigued. I didn't actually see it at the pictures because I think the cinema run it got it was very short. It was very, it was only out for like a couple of weeks because it bombed big style. Like I, I know it made its money back in in the US, but I think mm-hmm. over here it it didn't do well at all. I couldn't imagine it landing here and people yes. getting it. I generally cannot remember how Nightmare became like a part of our lives because for me and my family, it's it's it was everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we named our dogs after <laughs> characters from the films. We had Jack and Sally. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't remember when I was when I was gripped with it, but I know that I was and I passed it on to my sister and I would be remiss if I didn't say Michaela is probably a bigger fan than I am. Mm-hmm. And she's younger than you, so it would have been definitely is, in her childhood. So this is. would have been one of like the first things like if you pick up on VHS, um or if it was a little bit later, like the DVD copies. It's one of the movies I've had from VHS, DVD, mm-hmm. Blu-ray and I think I've got it in 4K. I don't think it's got 4K release now, but like, see, I'm looking into it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I, she, I just, I couldn't not. Like, I always used to pick on her by saying I found it first. But <laughs> Michaela had such a. It's only recently she's given that collection up because she lives in a very small house and it was taking up a lot of space. And I mm-hmm. said, just bring it to mine. You can't like, you can't get rid of stuff like that. These are these are pieces that you'll not find. Mm-hmm. Or if you do, they've been updated to now, and it's kind of like lost a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. What about you, Grant? When did you like say this? Make the discovery. I think I discovered it quite late in life. By comparison, I wasn't really aware of Nightmare Before Christmas when I was a kid. Um, I think mm-hmm. the first time I watched it was I was probably in my early twenties. Um, when. You know, you're talking about the aesthetic and that kind of stuff. I think mm-hmm. a, a hell of a lot of kind of the rock and goth community in the yeah. late 90s and the early 2000s were the ones that ended up giving this exposure and that like kind of the first generation to build their aesthetic out of it. You know, the kind mm-hmm. of transition from new metal being the trendy rock yeah. the emo. <laughs> yeah. That um, was totally you know, what he means. I mean, look at the imagery in it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's a lot of stripes. There's a lot of two-tone um, you know, it, it's very, very indicative of the way that the uh, the emos used to dress. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm sure you yeah. were one back in the <laughs> yeah. day. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still is one now. From, <laughs> still, <laughs> I went from the new metal phase of like my baggy jeans and limp biscuit hoodies to then the goth look and the Burton-esque. and then I went into this transition into the. I'm like looking at some of my belts because I have a lot of belts from when I was um, back in them days and I can see my emo belts all lined up here <laughs> and I can like see the transition in my belts. <laughs> it's one of them things though, with with this type of movie as well it, it, it resonates like because it is a bit like, bit like a film like an outsider as well which 
is a lot of like like say common traits to like a lot of the movies we do kind of like or, or love for for them reasons because mm-hmm. it's about having something missing or like looking for something that's like say that is pretty much Jack's story that like in this way he's mm-hmm. he's got like a potentially his perfect life and he should be happy but it's like doesn't always work like that and it's mm-hmm. it's like looking for that longing and fine but that's like the deepness uh I'll I'll say a sex joke in a bit, guys. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you'll make people uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, but um, like I say, from doing because this is one ones I didn't want to look stupid on as well. So I did a little bit of research. I watched the movie again. And I watched, as I said, the episode, the movies that make us. Because when I watched that when it first came out, I think it came out not last year, the year before. Yeah. Um, it was quite an eye opener when you mm. think about how like what this film went when do to get made and how nobody had any confidence in the movie as well like as i said disney produced it disney because tim burton was an artist working for disney originally but it was too weird and too out there so the kind of shit canned him and moved him on and i say but he found connections and stuff like that um this one was after edward scissorhand i think this came out after edward scissorhand Did it? i believe so Again, that, that, like I said, trying to go off uh, knowledge here, so I might be making myself look like a fool. But <laughs> oh, I don't think you will be. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It did. It came out in 1990. Yes. So this was like um, his idea because he, he always kept this idea around, but Disney actually owned his idea with them working it because Disney being the corporate Goliaths they are, if, you, yeah. if you're working for Disney and you have an idea, they own that idea. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like he had to go back cap in hand. Um, to basically try and get this idea and they didn't know what to do and so they let them basically go but I always so I, as I said when this got marketed and got released even on the VHS and everything it said Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. uh, so you think it's a Tim Burton film Tim Burton directed Tim Burton wrote it no it didn't have that much to do with it actually <laughs> like he basically create the characters like everything there but everything in the movie like the songs the story law storyboards um the direction um he had zero input because he was working on batman returns at the time so his uh his vision was passed over to someone else to direct i'll get the name right so it was henry selectic 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 i'm not uh, gonna know henry selick but selick we'll so go with he, that yeah so <laughs> Him and basically Danny Elfman and Danny Elfman's girlfriend at the time, I can't remember her name, were the three people that basically formed the story. Like, because Danny Elfman just got thrown in the deep and went, right, you're writing a musical, basically. And he never wrote a musical before. So he was kind of like, let's just have fun. And like, there's loads of shit that went on afterwards because he wanted to voice Jack throughout, but they said he didn't have the right voice. So he couldn't act. I think that was it. Uh, so it was kind of <laughs> like that, that kind of falling out. But it was basically uh, Henry Selig and uh, Danny Elfman's girlfriend at the time, like it's, the writer. Uh, Caroline Thompson. That's right. She basically put like everything about Sally was based on her. Mm-hmm. So that she was basically fleshed out and gave Sally like as like Sally at the at the original point was didn't have any part. Well, had a part, but not as big a part or a role to play. Because to be honest, that's the heartbeat in the film. Like say it's the whole Sally and. I'd say that's why I grew up, but watching that was so enlightening as well. And again, it didn't make us angry with Tim Burton, but it made us feel he got a lot of credit that he didn't quite deserve as much. 
as, yeah, it as feels well. a little bit a little bit cheapened, doesn't it? That <laughs> I don't know. You feel when I learned that fact, and I think I kind of knew it was a Burton film, but he did, but somebody else directed it. But he did. I always assumed he had something more mm. to do with it because to me, it looks very similar to Vincent, and I know he did that. Mm-hmm. Vincent is his. And um, when I watched the movies that made us, I was like shook, mm-hmm. really shook. And especially like Danny Elfman as well. That man is just uber forgiven. <laughs> like, really, like super forgiven. <laughs> He's such a love. Because <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't a, have been so uh, forgiven. Yeah. Such a talented bloke as well. Like for everything he did. And like imagine being thrown in the deep end as well and mm-hmm. not having any knowledge or like fair enough having musical knowledge. Like he was a singer for what was it called? Band called? Um, oh, I can't remember. Because it was like uh, Ongo Bongo, wasn't it? Yes! <laughs> so uh, that was like the band he was like a lead singer for, but he had no, like, because I think the first film he got asked to do was, again, Edward Scissorhand to write the score for. So he mm-hmm. just thought that, um, and it was, was it Edward Scissorhand or Pee Wee? I don't know. Again, I'm going off track there, sorry. Um, but yeah, like I said, to, to basically have the balls and the confidence to go right. I'm going to create this musical mm-hmm. and the music in it's so catchy. That's the <gasps> thing that stands out. There's like, say, there's not a bad track in the movie. No. It's like, there's everything always keeps you entertained. Um, I, 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 and as, as you heard well before we started, we did like a little bit of a metal version of one of the tracks as, as well. Um, it's There's been so many covers or so many different changes and so much different variations to them and all work. Um, because mm-hmm. they are like catchy. It's like one of them jingles once in the head as well. They'll, they'll fucking stay there. Like we'll oh, be humming, God, we'll, yeah. we'll be humming them for the next uh, fortnight constantly. But not, just ask a question before we do start talking about like the film as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite song in the film? Oh, I said I'd answer this one tonight, and it's I'll, mine. Just rolls straight off the top. It's the Oogie Boogie song. I fucking <laughs> love it. Because it's all dirty and gritty and stuff. It's, do you know what, though? <laughs> I was singing it earlier today, and if you actually just Ooh. talk it, if you talk it, though, it's mm-hmm. so fucking sinister. Come like, on, really... No, I'm not doing it now. Oh, no, you've, 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 you've let it now. You, you've opened yourself yeah, up on, now. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm so, good. Nobody needs to be put through that torture. Um, but it is very sinister song, and the guy mm-hmm. who sings it, um, I can't remember his name, but it's just that he's, he's like fucking velvet. Mm-hmm. It just rolls off. I love that song, and and then a close second with "Here Comes Mr. Sandy Claus." I just love hey, that song. Mr. Sandy Claus. Yes. What are you, Grant? Way, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to show off one of my toys because you guys are always pulling <laughs> off your toys. No, never... <laughs> um, look at this oh, bad wow. boy right oh. here. How pretty is this? <laughs> You're gonna to have to describe it, Grand. There's people who listen to this. <laughs> oh, oh, so that the, is beautiful. So it's the orange vinyl of um, the soundtrack. That is indeed it is, and it's an absolutely wonderful piece of plastic. Probably <laughs> the second favorite piece of plastic in the house. So, because I know you're you're a collector of vinyl as well, and I know yes, you, I like I said, know a lot. How much? Because with the different colours and stuff and, and, and like stuff, I'm great. I'm not knowledgeable too much, but I know there's only certain numbers available for them. So is that one of the ones where there's only a certain amount made? Or I believe this was one of five hundred. Right. Uh, oh. I would need to double check the website. 
um, mm. that are bought enough. I'm going to go and put it somewhere safe. Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. The last thing I need is that giant fucking moron of a dog of mine. <laughs> on it. Um, I'm glad you so thought what? of that, though, because that is not something that I would think of. <laughs> you might have missed them when I got up as well. When we're talking about the aesthetic, you can have a little bit of a booty shot. The dressing gown's back. <laughs> Damn right it is. Um, it's a good job okay. Donna's. It's it's good job Donna's not on tonight as well because she would have sort of a new box of tricks that she got this way. Donna, if you listen and get on here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Grant. What were you saying there? Home Alone episode. Uh, favorite track <laughs> probably be Jack's Lament. Um, right. I'm always a fan of like sad songs in mm-hmm. musicals because um, it might be a surprise for some people but I actually love musical theatre mm-hmm. um, and like I said a sad song in a musical has to really really kind of kind of get mm-hmm. you in the heart mm-hmm. you know what I mean in order to draw you in and I think that lament really does that and it's done quite early mm-hmm. as well I think it's what the second maybe the third song that gets sung yeah um, and I think it beautifully sets the tone visually as well. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as far as just the songs is concerned, definitely Jackson. Man. Do you not think it's funny that people who listen to like hard music love musical theatre as well? Like I fucking love musical theatre, but then I can like listen to some of the, like the hardest stuff going. And I don't know if it's just we really like fucking storytelling. Like I really, do, I, I don't know the explanation for it. <laughs> I think it's people who appreciate music. That's, yeah. that's more than anything else. It's not like say it's, if you can get the aesthetics and like the like what it takes to to produce mm-hmm. this type of stuff, it, you it kind of appreciate it more. Where because a musical theatre is so much different to like recording an album type thing. There's a lot of things you can think, of, but it's like enunciation and stuff like that. Stuff oh, where yes. we would be fucked with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they've ever done a northern uh, dialect version <laughs> of something before. <laughs> Well, we'll have to get Grant to do some uh, metal versions of some of the Nightmare Before Christmas songs. I'm really shocked you <laughs> haven't already, to be fair. Well, one of our newer tracks, because um, another thing with just in relation to the music, he's a huge influence on Adam, who's the guitarist in the band that mm. me and Jake are in. Um, and one of the new uh, tracks, I said, it had a massive Elfman vibe, so it had the working title of The Nightmare Before Shredmas. Before <laughs> <I read laughs> lyrics wow. of um, like I said, the, the music is just wonderful, and Elfman is a goddamn genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All hail Danny Elfman. Always my, always mine's the simplest one. There, the, this is this is Halloween at the start, um, yes. just because. I love how like it takes you on the journey. As you said, it's it's probably the most musical theatre song in that other than the, uh, what's this, what's this? But that's more uh, just Jack, but you get like a full, full tour of all the characters and stuff like that. But we are like it as well because we're not being trying to find like things to put on like the preloading and stuff today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of covers and variations of This Is Halloween on mm-hmm. the internet is just crazy. There's like country or Western versions, metal versions, uh, love song versions, like like literally everything, like type of version, like acoustic, alopet, uh, uh, I, I, I can't say it, uh, like Gleef style version, shall we say it? Acapella, that's oh, acapella. <laughs> uh, versions and stuff. And it, 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 it's one of them where it's universally, it works in any yeah. different format you put it in. Because there's some songs where you listen to it back and you go, oh, that'll sound, that sounds shit. Go back to the original type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always nice to discover a new version. Um, 
like other than that, like as you said, the Oogie Boogie song is amazing. I love the like the, the soul, like the soul and the blues riffs in it as well. Uh, it's, it's it is a very like it, it sounds like line. it sounds like drinking a, like a glass of like dirty whiskey with and yeah. um, like a, a cigar smoked room and stuff. Um, it's, it's that so. opening line. It's that well, well, well. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> And honestly, if you if you can continue singing it in that style, it sounds sinister as fuck. <laughs> it really does. But I do love the opening song. Um, this is Halloween, and I hate to admit this, but I really do like Marilyn Manson's version of it. And I do really don't like to admit that. But I yeah, uh, I just I don't know. There's something so the- theatrical about mm-hmm. his version that I just I, I really really enjoy. Yeah, you can like the music, you just don't like the person, it's fine. <laughs> yes, I have learned this with Harry Potter. <laughs> that's fine, that's still, it's not a problem. But like, I've, I don't know, I would, I'd be scared to wonder how many times I've seen this movie. Um, I know like, there's so many different versions of it that's been out as well. I know they did a, was it Danny Elfman that done an orchestric run not too long ago where they performed the music, but like on the with a big screen, um, like I to it. I, I've been told that I have to make this point. I went to right. see that show in 2019 in mm. Glasgow, um, and he had it was it was a full orchestra. It was Danny Elfman, Catherine O'Hara, um, it Greg. What's his face from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Is right. actually one of his backing singers, and All he right. was part of um the Lock, Stock and Barrel. Totally blew my mind. The guy who originally sung the Oogie Boogie um, song was there, and obviously Danny Elfman, watching mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara sing Sally's song. Mm-hmm. I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> Absolutely. She was dressed, she looked like Moira Rose. Mm-hmm. She was dressed very black and white. So to me, that wasn't Burton Ness. That was Moira Rose standing in front of us. Um, and mm-hmm. she sang Sally Sung. Me and Michaela went um December 2019 to Glasgow and it was one of the most magical nights ever. It was something I just did off of the spur of a moment. I, mm-hmm. the, t- the seats were not great, no. but I did not give a shit. We could <laughs> see. We were literally looking directly on top of the stage. Yeah. And it was just fanta- absolutely fantastic night. Michaela said the one thing I had to mention was that night <laughs> <laughs> and how amazing uh, Catherine O'Hara was. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, it was magical, but he did have, the film was on in the background. Um, there was, there was um, a woman, a, a, a violinist came out and did um, some of like the back of the score mm-hmm. that you can kind of continuously hear. And she did this whole piece just based around that and it was just it was fucking fantastic honestly Danny is actually Danny excuse me mate <laughs> oh Danny lad <laughs> oh Danny lad uh, he's, he's still touring that mm-hmm. tour just obviously Catherine O'Hara's not in yeah. it the guy, the guy who does Oogie Boogie he goes on tour with them mm-hmm. um, I don't know if if I, this is right Wes Borland is actually one of his guitarists now alright um, so yeah he's if you ever get a chance even if it's the shit seats doesn't matter just you need you need to experience being in a room with him and his music i think i think the closest we've had it in the northeast wise i think it was the sage i think it was a performance at the stage, mm-hmm. stage. again I, I could be make, just making this shit up i'm just trying to go off memory mm-hmm. here um but no that was one of the ones I, I missed but i did go to when i lived in manchester a little bit i did go to I, I, one of the anniversary shows where they had the sing-along 
Mm-hmm. So it was kind of the words on the screen, and everyone was kind of oh. singing along. It was it was it was fun, but it was too many kids for my like, and so I was just like, oh, these kids are really annoying. I wish they just <laughs> shut up and just enjoy the film now. <laughs> but that was the best part of where we were sitting because we were in the gods. There was actually, and people were moving down. If a seat became available, they're like moving downwards. But because the way the theatre was, where because we were at the top, we were literally on top of the stage. Mm-hmm. So we had perfect view of the orchestra, of them, of the monitors. It was just perfect. And it didn't cost me that much money. <laughs> one of them things. I remember getting tickets for Wicked and thinking, no, I've got front row tickets for Wicked and we end up being underneath the stage. You can't fucking <laughs> see. <laughs> it was like, this is the biggest mistake I've ever made. But uh, yeah. Um, but yes, like, I, like I say, I remember watching this, like, so many, as I said, so many times to the. Um, it's not one of them fil- films where you you kind of find something new or there's a little like say hidden things in there. It's just there for pure wholesome and and strange for us to say just entertainment value. Like say it's 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 a it's a really is a, a great feel good movie from mm-hmm. um and and it is simple storytelling. It, there's nothing really too complex going on, but I just I think the the, the complexity comes with the characters. I think yeah. that's the best thing because each of the characters are so well, like rounded, and even have their own little personalities done so well. Like even the side characters are thought out perfectly. Like I love the mayor. I think the mayor's entertaining <laughs> as well, um, and how like neurotic and two like like the two faces of happy and joy, uh, and the simplest thing kind of sets them off and like go from like the highs and the lows. Um, even the mad scientist to trap Sally, um, like say. Doc, was it Dr. Finkenstein or Finkelstein or something like that? Something like that. I'll I'll find out. Grant's on mute. Does he know that? <laughs> Did I you know, know that? that. <laughs> I didn't know because normally like, do, you only do that when you go like, sort the dogs out or something and then I realised you'd been sitting there a while. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, we'll keep, um, we'll keep prodding Grant every so often. <laughs> Oh, I can't find his name. Oh, no, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah, Finkelstein. Finkelstein. I thought it was something. Because it, oh, it was like a riff on Frankenstein. But I, even, like I said, because when you're looking through as well, you're looking for, like, the villain or the bad guy. I know, like say, Oogie Boogie is meant to be, like, the villain of the piece. But he's not really too bad. He just wants to eat Santa Claus, which... And he's fucking terrified of Jack. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's actually scared of Jack. Like, this skeleton, he's a skeleton. Does he know that? He is a big oogie boogie and he's scared of Jack Skellington. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but another question I'm going to throw at you is as well, because like oh my, my favorite, my favorite characters have changed, like probably through the ages and like, mm. like how I've aged and stuff like that. Who is your, your favorite character or character or characters in this? Go on, Grant. Take it away. Sally. <laughs> oh, that um, was that was so yeah absolutely um yeah i mentioned briefly there before about um you know how effective you've got to be when you're portraying sadness mm-hmm. and what have you when it comes to musicals and making sure that you're setting the tone with the mm-hmm. character's songs you know you can't put anything too randomly out there because you know the songs are what are sculpting the um it's the right word the personalities Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Sally gets a, a lot of very, very sad numbers, but I like the imagery with Sally as well. You know, the girl that's been, um, stitched together. Um, mm-hmm. you can, you can, you can take so many different kind of meanings from that. 
you know what I mean? You know, the way that people kind of change as you go through life and it's almost like you're getting a new bit stitched onto you and all that kind of thing. I think she's probably the character with most depth and that's why I enjoy her so much. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that she's not broken. Like Sally's not not broken. She, because of the fact that she does sew herself back together. So it kind of, for me, is like she won't allow herself to be that broken person. She will always stitch herself back up again. Absolutely. yeah, I, I love that aspect of Sally. What about you, Sam? Oh, God, there's so many. Um, <laughs> Oogie Boogie's always been a big one for us. I've started to find a lot of love for the mayor um, just because of how dramatic he is. I feel like we are... Kindred spirits. We are one, yeah, we are one <laughs> with the drama. Um, I love Lock, Stock and Barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it even more than I found, when I found out that Paul Rubens is one of the voices. Fucking lost my mind <laughs> over it. <laughs> and Catherine O'Hara as well. Um mm-hmm. I, I just there's so many um but i must say the ones that i really love aesthetically to look at is the vampires right yes they don't do a lot but i just <laughs> aesthetically to look at them i'm like oh you are a goth's fantasy <laughs> the very old school look as well though, yeah I, guess. I love it <laughs> no um i can say mine as i said probably down the years of changing watching the film and, and appreciating it different more like I went through a stage when I first saw it loving Jack loving the aesthetics mm. loving like the facial expressions I was obsessed with drawing Jack for, for years mm. like I would always like try and sketch out like, like Jack's face or and different aspects um, but like I said then I went on to loving Oogie Boogie just because everyone loves to be loves the bad guy I love the colours um, but that but that's always the, that. See, that was the thing. It's always a contentious part because there's a green when it's got the UV yeah. light on, but when it's not, it's like a brown. So yeah. it confused because all advertising has got oogie boogie and bright green and, and and stuff like that. But when they start bringing out like figures and toys and the merchandise, mm-hmm. it was always had them in like kind of like a dark brown. So it was good. I don't want the the, the shit coloured oogie boogie. I want the, the fluorescent green one. Yeah, it was always so hard to find. Um. But as you said, now I'm like, say, obsessed with Lock, Stock and Barrel. I just think they're entertaining as fuck. Like, say, just, they're literally just, if, if I could dress like them as Halloween and get two other people, I would be so. Up I for would that. do just... it. <laughs> I would fucking do it in a heartbeat. Part I'll do it. of. <laughs> there we go, we got it. Lock, Stock and Barrel. We're sorted. Um, so my, my sister is, is, like I said, she is a, she's been a huge fan for many, many years and she has gone on a, a mass co- like collection. Um, mm. I think it was probably this and Russian dolls were the only two things that she kind of like would, this is what she would buy. Um, and we, we went to America quite a lot growing up. And so she had the opportunity to buy pieces that you wouldn't necessarily get over here. Um, mm. for many, for about 10, 15 years, she wore a watch that she got from somewhere in America. Um, mm. and it had the, the face of Jack's, it was like, it was literally just a white watch, a Jack in the middle and just crooked mm-hmm. arms. The amount of batteries that she went through because she in straps because she absolutely refused to break with this watch. She sleeps with a big massive jack skeleton head still right. to this day. Um, but I got all it's of a joke hard... there. <laughs> <laughs> I got all of a hard collection. One of them is a jewelry box and it's mm-hmm. the bathtub and it's lock, stock and barrel on the top. Right. I've only just, and she's had that for about 10, 10, 15 years, possibly a bit longer. I've only just seen it in the Disney store recently. So that that's a good little segue as well. Like say, mm-hmm. we'll come back to the movie, like say in a bit. But because one of the things I really wanted to talk about, and we have touched on elements, is the merchandise with this. Because I know a lot of films do have merchandise and stuff, but 
I've never experienced merchandise or just the sheer amount of mm-hmm. ver- varieties you get from things. It's not just t-shirts and and like say mugs. It's literally everything that you could get, like jewelry boxes, figures. I had uh, like I say a pop up coffin. Like say, and I, I sold it years ago. I wish I didn't. Where it was just like a coffin shaped, and you pressed a button, and the doors open, and Jacks stood up. Um, oh, I, was, uh, I, was, I remember getting it from Travel Man years ago. Um, and um, as I said, it literally now you can't go anywhere, especially um, like say when it's the Halloween season. Like literally everything is like yeah. starts out with a Nightmare Before Christmas. But watching back at that show as well, the the toys, not the toys, the the movies that made us. Um, these this movie probably would have died and not been as as relevant today if it wasn't for Japan, because Japan kept this really bit like. For some reason, it was massive in Japan, not mm-hmm. just for the film wise, but for the merchandise stuff. If you want to go and like, like if you ever go to Japan and like see, like if you Nightmare Before Christmas stuff, apparently they've got some of the craziest and wackiest things you'll ever see. But they're supposed to be the almost unbelievable Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm going in like when's that turn forty? Three years time. That's Anne's birthday present. We're going to Japan. Um. I, I did not know I, because I've like I think I'm going to Japan because he loves anime. Now I can like say it. I'm going because I'm going to go on the hunt for Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. <laughs> well, apparently, there's loads of uh, like old toy collectibles shops there as well, and it's just filled to the brim with all Nightmare Before Christmas wow. stuff. It was meant to be just crazily marketed over there, but um, gosh, as Grant said, he's he's got the toys as well. Um, I've got like say Jack and Sally behind us. I've got. Like the di- uh, the diamond figures out of the box, uh, <laughs> uh, the front goes and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> all the different things that like kind of came out. I remember when I went to Florida and because we went round about the Halloween season as well, so I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be literally inundated with Nightmare Before Christmas stuff, and it kind of wasn't in a way. Really, not even it, like only in certain areas. So, oh, that's so sad. So if you went to Hollywood Disney mm-hmm. and the Tower of Terror, that had literally all had like some of the most amazing Nightmare Before Christmas stuff that I've I've literally never seen before. So literally, I was uh, getting my credit card out buying things like T-shirts. Um, it was before Vans brought out the the, the, the shoes, so so oh, brought, yeah. uh, Nightmare Before uh, Christmas Converse and everything. But it was just all in this one little place, um, and hmm. and not just that. Then in Disney, not because like I say, it's what's it's called it's the Magic Kingdom. Uh, they had the Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. and that's where in their gift shop they had all the the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. And that's where after you come out of the ride, they had Jack and Sally where you could meet, and Sally was always beautiful, like literally the one of the most beautiful made up like models you've ever seen. But Jack was always weird. Woman. Yeah, Jack, yeah. You can't, Jack is a weird one to do, though. That mm-hmm. head, unless someone is willing to walk around with actual porcelain on their head, it's not mm-hmm. going to work. It really isn't. I but, feel really sorry for the dude in the costume because they must look so, or be so uncomfortable. But there's two things that they did when I noticed when I was there, because like, with us being there two weeks, you kind of done multiple trips. Um, they had one... It's Jack with a plastic head, so it's kind of like a big bobble mm. head, and one with face paints. 
and you kind of didn't get the same aesthetics off the same field, like walking past saying, oh, there's Jack. It just looked like a guy uh, who got too excited with the face paint. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's, a, there's a dude who decided to cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I so, do have um, a very impressive Oogie Boogie statue in the um, mm-hmm. in the living room. I honestly should have brought them in, but I can't be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you I know. I know you've showed off like the vinyl and and stuff. That what was other, impressive. What yeah, other toys have you? Um, is definitely pride in place. Um, I've, I'm looking around the living room here. We've got a clock on the wall that's um like a like a twelve inch record where it's all been etched in with Jack and Sally on top of the the mm. swirl. Yeah. Um, there's bloody coffee mugs in this house, and yeah. the, most of the uh, the wedding favors for my uh, right. wedding were Nightmare Before Christmas. Um oh. I had what was it, Pocket Watch and everybody in the bridal party got a um a necklace. Mm-hmm. And um what was it were wedding favours were if you were a girl you got Sally earrings and if you were a bloke then you got Jack Cuff, uh, Cufflinks. Um, oh, wow. there's, there's all sorts dotted around this house. It's so Mm-hmm. kind of themed into our decor that you kind of I don't notice them until I actually start looking for them but it's yeah everywhere you know what I mean there's mugs yeah. and there's toys and there's uh you know your missus has got fucking Jack Skellington onesie <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh we'll wow. have to get it now you've said it you're gonna have to get us yeah, to get it to wear it and show us now Lee, come on now <laughs> no, I've got to wear it or she's gonna wear it no get Leon <laughs> <laughs> just give us that's class yeah I just want to say as well, because I know they've been acting themselves in the chat. We are watching and we are fucking judging you, these twats. Um, I, but... <laughs> I, I saw Donna say that the chat got out of hand and I was like, I have not been reading it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did get for my wedding off my team at work. I got like a lovely hamper because I got married on Halloween. So I got a very lovely Halloweeny hamper and I got a beautiful framed picture of Jack and Sally with the lyrics of mm-hmm. what they say to each other at the end right mm-hmm. at the end of the film, which I cannot yeah. say verbatim, even though I walk past it every day and end mm-hmm. up still singing and humming along to the song, but it's on me wall just outside. Um, mugs is a big one. Mm-hmm. Because we had because we had Jack and Sally the dogs, you couldn't just get a, a Jack mug. You had to get the yeah. Sally mug. So I have like, a, I have two big, um, they're like chalkboards. It's, that's the, that's the, the feel I get from it is like a chalkboard of big ones with the black stripey handles for Jack and Sally. And then I've got two of the Jack and Sally ones. And then I've got just an actual nightmare before Christmas. I have a lot of mugs. <laughs> I have a Jack head. I got a, I've got a Jack's head as a and mug ha- as well. And how is your head? Oh, I had not had a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never not catch us out. <laughs> it's kind of the view we get with your camera right up there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a see a head bobbing. Yeah. It's the best angle, and I do. I move around a lot. I can't keep still on these chairs. I'm a n- nightmare. At work. I thought you meant when you were giving heads. <laughs> that and all. <laughs> Just gonna t- 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 have any spasms. I could. <laughs> Not the teeth again. <laughs> Don't. I mean, that's party. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Professionalism>. <laughs> Remember, it's a children's... Pro- it's not actually, it's, this is not, not children. No, I was very bothered. That's the themes and everything um, was not kids. And that was, like I said, the big surprise with the movie, moving back on there. So see how smooth that was. Um, <laughs> Transitions. <laughs> Transitions, <laughs> but yes. Um, 
I I loved all the, like the little connections. As as I said, the characters were, to me was was more important in this than the in the story. Like even like the bit parts, like I said, the vampires, like the Easter Bunny was fucking hilarious, yeah. and how they used that in as well. Um, apparently Tim Burton didn't know about that, so they just snuck that in just just for the it's crack. A big massive fuck you to Tim Burton. <laughs> I imagine that they did a lot of that during this film. Now that I know the truth, mm-hmm. um, it's still so sad that his name's still on there. It's like the whole Batman thing mm-hmm. with them, um, Bill Finger. Like it's only taken till like the last few years that his name's now starting to appear. Why is his name still on there? Because that, because that, because it. It, it, it's um, what's it? Intellectual property. So it was oh. his in like idea. They wouldn't have had Nightmare Before Christmas if it wasn't like say, as as I said, with this podcast, it's your in, in, intellectual idea because it was your idea to do the podcast. It was my idea for Nerdy Up North. So in essence, the podcast is Sam's intellectual pro- property. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, said that. Said that live, but. <laughs> But I can say I would never tear it away from you. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, Thank you. Just, I just appreciate been, that. <laughs> just been giving you more access to more shit. So I, don't know I know. I know you're <laughs> 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 Um, what's your what's your favorite moment? Because I don't think that you can jump in and out of this film all we want. But mm-hmm. to talk of a favorite moment would take up probably a mass chunk of the film anyway. Because if you really break the film down, it's not the longest. When it comes to story, you've got yeah. you really do have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So, what's your favorite moment of the film? I think that's a different one. I, I wouldn't be able to narrow it down to one moment. I think it's more moments, if that makes sense. Okay. I've got a, a few different ones. Like I love when he's flying above the sky in the sleigh, and he's getting, "Oh, look, they're celebrating us!" And ready, they're trying <laughs> to shoot him down. It's like the, the in it, like the in- innocence of it. And again, probably me being a dickhead, I love it when he's giving these kids all these horrible, nasty toys that I would have fucking loved as a kid. But and and they're absolutely terrified and horrified by them. I'm getting, these are really cool. Kids, stop being ungrateful. Well, uh, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. You ungrateful little shits. I would have loved for something like that. I still mm-hmm. would. And I'm forty <laughs> next year. <laughs> But um, and again, like I said, just anything with Oogie Boogie in is just like entertainment, and you can't take your eyes off. Like it's literally it changes the feel of the film as well because it goes from entertaining, as as you said, when the song, like mm-hmm. it, it seems like adult, it seems boozy, it seems like you're in a like a 1940s speakeasy at times, like with all the gambling and like um, <sighs> all the references. I just adore that feel to it, and it. it Gives the film a lot more depth and breadth, but yeah, yeah. that's mine. Sorry, I've talked to you in a lot there. <laughs> no, that's that's good. I've um, I noticed on the so I've only up until recently because it's now on the, the my favorite songs on every soundtrack that I have, like any playlist I have, I always end up sneaking them in there. But I've only listened to the songs through the movie. Mm-hmm. Got a massive shock when I put the Oogie Boogie song on from the actual soundtrack because there's an extra verse in there, and I went, <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me, I've never heard that. So I've had to learn the whole song all over again with that verse stuck in there. I was shocked as shit. But you still won't sing it for us, guys. I keep trying. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I dropped out of musical theatre. I have massive stage fright. <laughs> um, go on then, Grant. Moments. Um, um, to be honest, my favourite bit, because I've been sitting here trying to rack my brains for another one, because um, <laughs> it's that opening sequence. Um, you know, the big pan through Halloween Town, um, mm-hmm. establishing all the characters, 
and mm. what have you. I think it's, it's one of the best opening sequences, not just of a Tim Burton film, but I think of any film. Um, it does such a good job setting the tone, setting the mood, and completely immersing you in what you're about to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's always a good sign for me because it takes a lot to get me immersed in a film. Um, so if it gets a hold of us, then it's doing the fucking right thing. <laughs> yeah, I do love that opening sequence. And there's one line I absolutely adore from the song where it's, I am the who in the chorus. I can't stop laughing when I see it. I am the wind blowing through your hair. I love that line. <laughs> I am the clown with the face that holds off or something like that. It's like, I am the clown with a terror way of face. Here in a flash and gone without a trace. I know the whole of that song. <laughs> it's horrific though when you think about it. Like, like, as you said earlier, they clearly weren't marketing this for kids. Like with like the themes and like the reference points as well. Like like like, I am the clown with the terror we face. Like, how many kids would have had nightmares that? Uh, Kev, Kev probably has nightmares about it because he's terrified of yeah. clowns. Here in, <laughs> what was it? I am the clown with the terror we face. Here in a flash and gone without a trace. <laughs> I am the who in the culture and stare. I just love that line. <laughs> I love random well, little lines from it. <laughs> I'm probably asking the wrong question here as well, but if you've got a choice to which town to stay in or live in, which <laughs> one would you choose? Christmas. Fucking <laughs> 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 Easter. I would love to live in Halloween Town, mm. but I feel like me and the mayor would clash a lot. <laughs> you would, yeah. would you not be Mrs. Mayor? Would you not take over his role? Uh, and dominate, absolutely. Okay. Uh, but I am, I am just as... <laughs> Oh God! Wrong boy. Words. <laughs> wrong words. I just, I love, I, I feel like we, our energy would match a lot because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can be just as dramatic as him. And I love the fact where he, he has the sign and he's like, it's only three hundred and sixty-five days. You can actually buy that now as well. Again, can you? you can get that. Um, you can get the clock. You can get the deadly nightshade, uh, like jar and everything like that. The There's sword. so much more out there than what there was when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I've got a, I've got a beautiful. Going back to a collection, I've got a beautiful snow globe. I'm not mm-hmm. really the biggest fan of snow globes, but I have a, um, a Nightmare Before Christmas one. It's the sleigh, mm-hmm. and it's the snow globes in the sleigh, and, and it's Jack on the sleigh mm-hmm. in the middle of it, and it's out 365 days a year, which really pisses Anth off when he catches it. <laughs> don't know why but it always pisses him off that it sits on the shelf i'm still laughing at donna laughing at you saying that if you I, want to dominate <laughs> i had a feeling it was going to come up but apparently oh, shocked as shit is the quote of the pro i, <laughs> I feel i'm not oh i'm going to stop talking <laughs> it's, it's all the sound bites we've got them recorded it's fine <laughs> Great. Get played every time I start the podcast. So Sam saying, "I'm I, I'm going to dominate." Meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I said my favorite moment. No, oh, cool but again, it's it's oogie boogie, mm-hmm. oogie, and the and when um, they do eventually kidnap Mister Sandy Claus. Mm-hmm. I just love that sequence. I, I didn't realize how much I loved that song until mm. I kept playing it over and over and over again until I had to know every lyric of it. So again, there was a like I say a bit of controversy when it came to making this movie, as we found as I found out today. Mm. Uh, if you watch this show, um, the ending we got wasn't the original ending. Oh, so explain. That, did I, so they did. It never got filmed. It never got mm. made. It was just all in like. 
uh, picture form where it was drawn out, but they did do the voices where uh, Dr. Finkelstein was behind Oogie Boogie all along. <gasps> so he was the real bug. So that was the big thing. And apparently when... Because Tim again, Tim Burton didn't know about this, and this, he came in to see how the film was going. Because I had a big meeting, um, shows what you're doing, what, what's happening, give us the ending, and apparently, um, he was that angry with the how how the how the ending was, he kicked the wall and put his foot through the wall. Who, Tim Burton? Tim Burton, because Tim Burton, I can't imagine he made a bit of a dent. <laughs> no, no, put put up well. It's American, so there'll be wooden walls. Oh, so there wouldn't, yeah. It's not going to be concrete. Um, like they build the houses out of like a spit and stuff. <laughs> um, but apparently, and then they were saying, "No, what? Like, why do you not like it?" And then someone pulled him aside and went, "Is your foot okay for kicking the, through the wall?" And he said, "Yeah, don't worry, I wear steel toe caps." So that was his, apparently why. But what they did as well, they put out the hole that uh, he did and framed it and said, "Tim Burton." This. <laughs> so they had that uh, on the wall as well. Um, this is what he did. <laughs> yeah, but, but apparently, um, yeah, that was the original ending that, uh, like I say, was going to be Dr. Finkelstein behind it all. And and that was going to be the big face-off then between Jack and, and him. So uh, imagine if they had like say, like a, a version of like a lightsaber, but like something Halloween-y. I don't think fucking mint. Yeah, I'm trying to think what would be the, the same as a, like the a equivalent light. of a spy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Something uh, <laughs> it would just have to be an orange lightsaber. <laughs> an orange me, lightsaber. My mind went off there on one. I was like, oh my god, a fight! Because <laughs> he did come across as like really scared of him. Mm-hmm. Like he, the fact that Jack, like when Jack appears, he shits mm-hmm. his pants. Um, I love the ending of that film, though. I love the mm-hmm. fact that Jack finally accepts that, you know. He doesn't really have a bad life at all. It wasn't the except he found what he was missing with Sally. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the romantic side of it. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the thing. He found the thing that was missing all along, someone to share it with. So that was like the whole wholesome thing. So again... (laughs) Sorry, I've just read a comment on that. I'm surprised he didn't put Johnny Depp in the wall. He puts him in everything. (laughs) Oh, Joe. Oh, dear. That tickled us. <laughs> we were doing a Burton film without Johnny Depp. I don't know how we dare. <laughs> I know. Shocker. Um, you did mention Edward Scissorhands as well, so he's been <clears throat> mentioned. Yeah. Well, certainly. Um, trying to think now, though, because you've got us thinking about what, what's the equivalent of a Halloween or <laughs> lightsaber. Oh, God. <laughs> that's going to be that's gonna be on my mind now again. What the fuck can it be? A very rigid snake. Very rigid snake, a snake fight. Yeah. Could you yeah. a snake fight? Yeah. Would, would a snake it, fight go? Well, they whip themselves. Like fucking Indiana Jones, and they could use like whips. Mm-hmm. What is it with you and whips today? <laughs> it's every day. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just today, yesterday. Sleazy. I don't know. I, my mind just went off on one there because I was like thinking like a massive, like, you know, like a Voldemort and Harry Potter style showdown of... Like the swash uh, right. type thing. Yes. <sighs> but how would Oogie Boogie and Jack Skeleton do it? Well, they didn't really have a fight, though. That was a thing. But if they did... They, they could be fighting over Sally and pull an arm off each and then have the sword fight with Sally's arms. It's Sally's yes. arms? <laughs> Sally's arms, Yes. And she just smacks the shit out of them. I love yeah. that. Because <laughs> she had total like control of her limbs, even when they're okay. off. So, but if we're going to talk about her limbs, let's talk about them legs. 
The, Them her legs. legs were amazing. For Jessica Rabbit, the shame, didn't she? Mm. Now we're just going to ponder, enjoy. We're thinking about a plasticine model again. <laughs> was a plasticine <laughs> we made out of? Was, wasn't it? It was pretty, yeah. So they were just yeah, something like that. Mm. It always just makes us think of morph. Morph. Yeah, it was. I see, it was plasticine models. Um, there wasn't that much CGI used in this. Um, I think the only thing that they probably used special effects on was Nero. Oh, the doggy! I forgot about the doggy. I've I only forgot about that dog because I've got this dog staring at us all mm. the time. Was he from his other one? Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Which essentially is. No, I'm not going to go into it. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be trying big and clever about it. Um, I was going to... Wait, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. So, again, I know... Like I said, do you have any... Because I know certain people like to watch things on certain times of the year, certain days. Do you have like any traditions mm-hmm. with this movie? Or yeah. is it just basically as soon as it gets Christmas or halloween time, it's like, it's time to watch the film? No, not really. I don't really. It doesn't fall into a Christmas or a Halloween category. It's just whenever I feel like it. If right. I really feel like I want to belt these songs out when no one else is here, then that's mm-hmm. when it's going to go on. Um, but does it? Is it a Halloween or is it a Christmas film? No, there's the question. Mm. So it's, it's a bit of both. I think. I think. I like to think it's the transition time because you know when Halloween's kind of mm. over and we're leading into Christmas time, where everyone's kicking off about Mariah Carey being unthawed and stuff. But I like yeah. to think I like to think um, this one is kind of like the in between movie where you can watch yeah. to try, kind of finally get you in the Christmas mood and and get you feeling all festively and uh, if you were like because after this you can move on to the films like The Grinch, Die Hard, stuff like you no know, proper Christmas movies. Oh, <laughs> <Wonderful>. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that. Me and my best friend argue over this all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. So happy you said that. Yes. Um, I, I like the idea of being a transition film, like from Halloween mm. to Christmas, given that when it comes to us UK people, we don't have Thanksgiving. So mm. that's like the American transition is their Thanksgiving. And then all of a sudden, next day, the Christmas tree goes up. We just literally go from Halloween, bonfire night. Oh, we've got to wait all the way along that way before December comes. Yeah, bonfire night where we set everything on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the true Brits that we are. Yes. <laughs> So if you're going to rate this film as well, because as I said, when we do any talks about individual films, I, I like to come back. So I think it gives a good reference point. What would you say out of five? Being honest, you can't just say if, if you take the rose tinted glasses off and think purely as a movie type of aspect, what would you say? Four. Because mm-hmm. I can't give it a five. Because <laughs> he won't let us. <laughs> I'm I'm I don't control you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I'd say four, um, because it's not. It's like it's like Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I don't have to watch this all the time. I don't have yeah. to watch this at Christmas. I don't have to watch it at Halloween. I probably haven't watched it for a good couple of years, but it still mm-hmm. doesn't make it not be one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So I'll say four. Go, cool. Grant. Um. It's, it's difficult for me to not take Nightmare Before Christmas on all of its amazing musical elements. It's like I don't mm. really look at the film, if you know what I mean. I just sit yeah. back and I'll listen to it. Um, I'd probably go about a four as well, mm. but mm-hmm. if I had to rate the soundtrack, I'd be talking 4.9. I think it's yeah. one of the best musicals ever mm. written. Um, 
No, I agree. That's probably the same as what our thoughts were. We're all unanimous on fours for once. Um, it, it's 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 a it's a musical which is very character driven with a, not the greatest of story. I think that's the best way to put it because if if you think about the story, it's very A to B. It's very pedestrian. Mm. Um, and, I, and again, I'm not that's not me shitting on it or, or downplaying it. It it it's good that it is because if you try to overcomplicate it with the characters that we have, we would have lost elements to it, and it wouldn't yeah. have had as been impactful or as fun because. Got to remember as well, as much as we love films, it's you've got to enjoy it, and that's the thing. It's a big, fun film to watch, and you can't help smile when you're watching it as well. And that's even talking about it as well. Like, it's just you you meant like mentioning certain characters, it's like brings a smile to your face. Mm -hmm. It's it's you can't hate on this film, (laughs) you can't, and it's the perfect, like, again. With going back to the merchandise and everything, it fits every element like birthdays, Christmases. You could always give someone a gift of something to do with Nightmare Before Christmas, and you'll see a different smile, and it'll always like say, kind of enjoy it if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's true. I, for Carolyn's birthday this year, I did a whole theme of Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. um, just because we like I know she loves it, but what I got her was things that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Is- and I would always, and <laughs> since we've been start doing like the podcast and group, like certain characters do remind us of certain people that we are involved with as well. Like Sally is totally reminds us of Donna. I don't know why, just like I said, it just it get that like, kiss. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I think she doesn't all... have enough dildos to be Donna. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I de- detaching an arm and ramming it up there. <laughs> but I definitely, oh. I, I definitely see the mirror in, in Sam quite a lot, just how neurotic and worried you get about certain things. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I say, I'm probably uh, one of the, uh, probably lock, shock, all barrel. I'm looking don't. at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> You've just gone past on the screen. I don't know which one that is, but that is you. <laughs> it's the picture after the before the mayor. <laughs> but Grant's probably Oggy Buggy as well because he's got that dirty blues and like soul. But he's again, he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy at the same time. I don't know. I think I'd make a good bone daddy. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> No, oh. I agree with Oogie Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> Evil and scrupulous bastard, but his voice is out. <laughs> oh, did we mention how beautiful the colours are in this, by the way? I'm just looking at the pictures that are going across the screen. And the colours in this film are absolutely unreal. But they did that on purpose when they did the Halloween town. It's very purples, blues, and oranges, mm-hmm. and and the greens. Like say, and then when they went to Christmas, it was supposed to be like the brightness and like energetic, apovescent, shall we say? Um, oh, what a word, apovescent. Um, like elements where, it, and it's, that's what was like um, brought your eye to it. But like say, the way they used the colours as well, because whenever they're in the woods, it was quite dingy and stuff. But as soon as you go underground to Oogie Boogie's place and then flick on the UV, it's just mm-hmm. absolutely perfect there. Yeah. Does anyone else, and I'm, I'm only bringing this up because it's a conversation that's been on Twitter recently. Um, Twitter. I don't use Twitter. TikTok. Um, <laughs> Sally and the Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. Do you see similarities in the two of them? It's a bit about the same people, but no. <laughs> no, neither do I. Like aesthetically, I think the face wise looks a bit the same, but mm-hmm. apart from that, like they, they're not the same person at all. 
be fair, the Corpse Bride, I'm, I'm going to get loads of shit for this. Aesthetically looks amazing, but it's the most dullest movie I've watched in a long time. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> awful. Sorry. There's one decent bit in it. It's the um, the song with the skeleton. Mm. That's the only one bit in it that's actually decent enough to watch. I cannot watch Corpse Bride. I love Frank Mooney, though. No, the only one, Even though again, it makes me very sad. Try and not get like people to argue, but the only... Film, I would say that's on par with this. Like that type of movie is probably Coraline for darkness and entertainment. And I absolutely, I it's not the musical aspect, but I absolutely love Coraline for the same thing. I know it's made by different people, but aesthetically and like like the way it it kind of flows out, I I think Coraline's up there with this. It's honestly, I don't, it's this and the, the Coraline in the shape of water is right up my street. Mm-hmm. And yet, still not watch them, and it's mm-hmm. just out of sheer laziness than anything else. I know fine well I'm going to love these films. I'm just being really lazy and not watching them. Mm-hmm. So, I know I've watched this today. Will you be watching this on the back of this podcast now? Are we in, in most Tyson? likely? <laughs> I always do. I always end up watching. Bloody when, when we did the Clerks three episode, I mm-hmm. said I wouldn't be watching it for a very long time. An hour after we logged off, I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And I, this is what I do. I'll end up what like, Lost Boys. I did the same then. Watched it after the fact. I never watch it beforehand. I always watch after the fact. I've just been. So yes, I will be. Yeah, I've just been correct in the chat as well. Uh, Charlotte's just let us know that Henry Saletti, who did direct, uh, this is me being a dick, direct uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, did uh, the horror line as well. Did he? Well, I've had Google, I have Wikipedia. I could have told you, but I didn't. And you yeah. also did James and the Giant Peach. That actually explained. That's I kind of get that now. Yeah. Just thinking of the three films together, like how they mm. look, and I kind of get that. Oh, they've not used a very flattering picture for him on Wikipedia. He looks like Voldemort. He's not a handsome man. Let's be honest. They've but... done a side profile <laughs> of him. Like he really looks like Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Lord. Oh, thanks, uh, Charlotte, for that knowledge. <laughs> yes. So, anything you just want to add for this movie? Oh, it very is a hard one. It is very is a hard one. It is a very hard one to review without actually going from start to finish because there's different things that flow within this film. It's not just the film; it's everything that goes mm-hmm. into it. Like we yeah. talked about the merchandise, the soundtrack, the lifestyle that it brings. So to to review the film, it's it's very difficult. I find it very, I found it very difficult because all it's, all I would end up doing is going from start to finish of yeah. the actual film. No, and I think when we've done that in the past, it's been fun, but you don't really get a feel of what we like about it in aspects. Mm-hmm. Rather, we're just talking about like the elements mm-hmm. of the film. Like I know when we've done the Goonies and stuff, like that, it was fun to do. But I kind of like this a bit more when we talk about it like this more because you, you get more of our personalities yeah. rather than us just. Telling you what happens in the movie. And the That's fact a... that we have to then jog our memories of and make sure it's all in order. <laughs> so yes. we don't keep going backwards and forwards. Yes. I think we did that on The Lost Boys a few times. The worst thing I watched the day before. So, <laughs> uh, and what about you, Grant? Anything you want to add about this? Not really, mate, if I'm perfectly honest. It's, you know, I think we've summed <laughs> this up quite nicely. Um, Can I ask a question? I mean, I'm oh. watching it. <laughs> like, why, like, why do you love it? Like, what? Yeah. Why? Why do you love it as much? Like, as even like maybe thirty odd years on, why do you love this film? It's very much of the time we grew up in. Uh, it reminds us of a lot of 
things from your youth that remind it's like why do you love the goonies it's the same thing it's the memories it, it, mm-hmm. it resonates with and let's be honest the merchandise is cool as fuck that's true, <laughs> that's true. the same answer i would have given i was just wondering grant do you have an answer um i think for me it's don't get me wrong you know I've, obviously i've talked at length about how much i love the soundtrack you know you know mm-hmm. the Taking it away from that, I think I've just got a massive amount of admiration for the film because, as we've already discussed, the fact that it didn't just entertain, it actually sculpted a culture mm-hmm. around itself. And, you know, every every generation gets its little dark classic, you know what I mean? I would, def- I would hold Nightmare Before Christmas in the same hand that I would hold something like the Rocky Horror Picture Show or yeah. uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. Um, where, like I said, <laughs> just how it looks so, so right. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. the lighting and that kind of thing. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's not just the, you know, like you said, it's it's a simple storyline, but the artist, the artistic aesthetic of this film is utter genius mm-hmm. and is something to truly be admired. And it's a little worship. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I agree, yeah. and I think something that, a lot of it's down to as well the little getting the little movie that didn't do well that you kind of rooted for, and it got kind of got the admiration or the love that it kind of deserved. So it, mm-hmm. you kind of feel a part of that as well, because yeah. again, you might not have got on the board straight away, but when you did, you helped it grow away. So you are a part of where it is now. So yeah. it, it kind of takes it away with you. It's like like some movies, like the big movies, like the Marvel movies, not not to shit on them, mm. they'll not have the same resonate oh. or feel because it doesn't matter if we love them or not, they would still make money, they would still be record breakers. Mm-hmm. Where because we love this movie, we give it more life than yeah. than it probably thought it was gonna get. Yeah, and it's 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 sad to think what the alternative could have been. Mm-hmm. That it's just it became a forgotten, a forgotten thing. It mm-hmm. is quite sad to think of it that way. But I, I concur with both of you. Oh, uh, one question to finish us off. Sorry, I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got smell burning. Uh, <laughs> it's not. T- I can't smell toast tonight. Don't worry. Ranch was so serious then. Anyway. <laughs> um. How would you follow this up? How would you do a sequel? Oh my god! Oh my! Oh my god! <laughs> so, because <laughs> as I said, not to like gatekeep or say, oh, this should never be like tried again, or you should never make a second. You're in, you've got this universe. You? You've got this universe. We've got all these different characters. It, the story doesn't necessarily have to be Jack and Sally's story. They've told mm-hmm. that top story. But you've got the universe, you've got the place, you've got the towns. You've got uh, Easter Town, you've got Halloween, you've got St. Patrick's Day Town. You've got all these different... Why did they have St. Patrick's Day Town? Come on. Americans take it very seriously, don't they? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Santa's Revenge. (laughs) I like it. Absolute fucking slaughterhouse. Santa Slayers. Right. <laughs> Santa's revenge, he absolutely it's it's been bug it's been on his mind for a lot of years what Jack did to him. And he's been plotting the right time. And it probably when Jack's like at his weakest, or not even there, Jack's dead. 
Jack's dead. So Jack's and Jack's, dead. Fu- Jack's funeral, he comes and piss, spits on his grave and says, "Fuck you." Pretty much, <laughs> fuck you, and he takes total revenge on Halloween Town. Oh, he fucks Oogie Boogie up like oh, I teams pompies. I teams up with the Easter Bunny with the army of rabbits because the rabbits are saying these people that's kidnapped us. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas 2, Santa's Revenge. <laughs> well, he wasn't called Santa, was he? He was called Sandy Claus. Sandy um, Claus. Sandy Claus, is, it doesn't have the same ring, though, does it? Yeah, Santa going on an absolute slaughter of Halloween Town. It's a massive battle, Hogwarts style. <laughs> you thought about this too much? <laughs> <laughs> my, brain's, my brain's working overtime night. <laughs> what about you, Grant? I reckon they should go into Thanksgiving town, but they should tell the stories of Thanksgiving properly. I mm-hmm. don't want it. I, it shouldn't be an entertaining film. It should be fucking shot like Schindler's List and tell the truth about what the pilgrims, <laughs> what the pilgrims when, did. Oh. When they got to America and just be like, yes, listen, understand. <laughs> like the play that Wednesday wanted to do in Adam's Family Values <laughs> played out. Absolutely. Wow. You know, it's all in black and white except for one poor Native American that's in colour or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I say, really, really Oh, yeah, like the little gritty. girl's court. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, tur- a turkey. <laughs> it's like just normal colour. <laughs> yes. It's just a turkey. Oh, yes. And it's the only comedic relief. Every once in a while it just walks past and goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then melts away and it goes back to fucking wholesale slaughter. <laughs> I'd be like that South Park episode where the turkeys tried to over, but yeah. Um... You, can, you can tell we're horror fans. That's where our brain goes to is just fucking slaughtering. <laughs> our hobbies would have been a little bit more innocent as we found out during the last podcast. I'll probably score the adventures of Lock, Shock and Barrel, seeing them going through different worlds and like say how they came about and seen their story. I would be quite interested. Fucking shit up. <laughs> I mean, come on, just take the PG out. Just just advance it a little bit. They've got to fuck shit up. Come on, they've they're naughty fuck... kids. <laughs> they're naughty kids. But yeah, and seeing why they're naughty though as well, that would be quite sin. Like, so... other like the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Oh, now you're making it too innocent. <laughs> You've made it too innocent there. I think in my movie, Lock, Stock and Barrel will be the heroes of Halloween Town because they right. would fuck Sandy Claus up. They were the ones who kidnapped him in the first place. They're the ones who are going to take him down. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, so thank you, Grant, for like, say, coming on tonight. And thank you, Sam, for joining us as usual. Um, that's our kind of, not review in essence, but at our... Talk? talk on Nightmare Before Christmas, yes. Yeah. Um, that's and um, thanks to Grant's dressing gown for making a second appearance on the on the podcast. Very much appreciated. It's become a regular thing. Excellent. Yes. So next week, we're hoping to do another Tuesday episode. Hopefully, uh, I'm not safe. Um, <laughs> and uh, just maybe me and you, I think this... Uh, unless... It's me and thee! It's a hostful episode, all talking about Scrooge. So go and talk about the Bill Murray version. So yeah. Uh, um, so that one will be entertaining and hopefully see who visits us, if we'll get any ghosts visiting us, telling us about our future um, past and past, present. Past, future. 
They're going, fuck off. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> oh, yes. And then it's our Christmas special episode. Yes. December 23rd is Christmas specials. Can't remember who's on it, so you'll have to remind me. I think it changes every day now, so. <laughs> yeah. Just find so. out when we log on, guys, who's on. And yep. then after that is... New Year re- review, review of the year. So oh, we'll my tr- gosh. We will try and get as many people who has been on the podcast on doing one video. So it will be organized chaos. Uh, yes. And we'll talk about everything that we've liked, what's been the highlights, what's been the lowlights um, of the year. Similar to what we did last year, and that was entertaining as fuck. Uh, <laughs> and then we start the new year with uh, say a big bang, shall we say? Yes, we are. We're starting with a massive big bang. Do you want to run through the list? I mean, you've already put it up on Facebook. Yeah, so the Big Bang Theory uh, review, we are making, someone hopefully is going to make a debut with that. Uh, end of oh, world yeah. movies, which will be, um, like I say, kind of like disasters, but like I say, where, like, it'll be, but with a the different world is slash. literally ending. And, yep, favorite franchises, is, uh, top five heroes. Um, I didn't look at the end of the world one. Is that one full already? Hey, we, can, we can always get more. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm be on that one. I like it. Uh, <laughs> um, jump the Shark Morgans, and we've got a Simpsons episode, so that'll be fun. And top five British movies. And then I fitted in the end of February, top five yes. favourite songs. So that was going to fuck someone's oh, heads up. February. <laughs> the end of February is going to be an absolute mindfuck. I've already been thinking about it today. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I going to do this? How am I going to find like my favourite song? Because it changes all the fucking time. I've got so my that's- Easiest list I've ever made. Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is January and February all penned out. And in the midst of that, <laughs> fingers crossed, um, Patreon. Mm-hmm. We've been testing a few. Thi- we've been testing a few things. We have got content up kind of already. Uh, we've got the episode that YouTube tried to ban that is now fully up and loaded. You can watch that on our Patreon if you've not seen it. It is one of the funniest episodes we have seen. I uh, did. Generally, just I'm not just saying this because of the fact that it was me, Paul, and Jake in it, but it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. Please go and watch it. <laughs> I know Sam is going to be running her own content on there as well. So it might not be both of us. So don't break your hearts too much. But she wants to talk about Lord of the Rings. And I really don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use Patreon to talk about things that I know, I know I'm I'll never get past Paul. I got a past once, and I think once is enough. And he, he really did do well to be very pleasant on it. But yes, I'm gonna be going into the fantasy realm within Patreon and be talking all about Lord of the Rings and Ring of Power and Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. So that's I'm gonna be coming up. That's coming up in Patreon, so you'll have to be a Patreon to listen to me drivel on about how much I love Tolkien and George R. R. Martin. Yes, there'll be other stuff as well. We're too <laughs> Don't worry, guys. There'll be Don't other worry. stuff there. <laughs> we'll try and take pictures of get done it, share our Instagram photographs on there as well. So <laughs> see what happens. We will have content. <laughs> yes. But yes, uh, but thanks guys. Thanks for joining. Ch- thanks for all your support this year as well. I know the year's not out, but it, it has been a fucking blast and yeah. so much planned for next year as well. Like I said, not just to mention Nerdfest, SunnyCon. We are going to be going to more cons as well to make our presence known. And 
just to see what we can do and how far we can push this motherfucker. Yeah, fuck yeah. But for now, you're going to catch us on the Facebook community page if you'd like. We're also on social media platforms, Instagram and TikTok. And there is Charlotte's Boot Club, which I believe is coming back in the new year. And, oh, Jake and Goodwill on Twitch. How could I forget? Yes. And happy birthday, you ginger bastard. Oh, happy birthday, <laughs> Michael. I hope you have a lovely or had a lovely day. I hope you get caught. love you, Michael. Everybody oh, sure, is pretty. <laughs> little twink. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone wants to sign up a Patreon and see some very specialist Michael Goodwill pictures, I will happily save them to my phone and pass them to Paul to put on there. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, if you want to find us on Patreon as well, you can mm-hmm. subscribe as we as as it is. Uh, just search uh, Nerdy Up North on Patreon. Uh, we'll put a link um, everywhere we can going forward. Um, and again, if you do, uh, like I say, become one of our members, you'll notice at the top of our screen, you get a little thank you message. And again, if Lee wasn't such a, a, a pussy, he would have had his photo in there as well, but he, he didn't want to. So, sorry, Lee. Oh, <laughs> Don't call him a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. bless him. But yes, you can find And also, come and, come and, come and be my friend on TikTok, please. <laughs> right. I'm begging uh, you. <laughs> that's, that went over too long there. Let's go. Uh, nah, anyway, yeah. guys, same bad time, same bad channel. See you early, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.